You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rocking with, Joe? Who they rocking with? That's right. Remix it. Remix it. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. What up? Welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commission, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big Yet So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. In actuality, today I'm not the host. Um, today we have a crossover pod. Um, myself and Al Cuevas joined Marcus Alvarado on his Coaching Connection YouTube show. So today's podcast is directly from... The coaching connection on youtube um, i will add the link directly on the description if you want to check out this podcast in video form on youtube if not you know you can listen to it here uh, myself marcus and al cuevas have a conversation about hoops about you know how we came up in the game uh some of the things that we did in coaching you know um he's from texas we're from cali um, you know, so it's definitely uh, a different podcast, um, being that I'm on the other side of the microphone, but definitely want to hear. Uh, thank you, Marcus, for allowing us to jump onto the Coaching Connection. Make sure you guys follow them and subscribe to them. This is actually episode 16 on the Coaching Connection. As always, thank you for rocking with us because you're always rocking with the best Shoot the Rock podcast. Up next, episode 16, Coaching Connection with Marcus Alvarado. Let's get it. How you doing? Uh, I can't complain. And I don't want to assume, but I'm going to guess that you're in L.A. Uh, I am, but uh, I live in the San Gabriel Valley, which is like 30 miles from, uh, from uh, the city. Okay. 35 miles. Gotcha. I'm more, I'm more like in the, in the foothills. And the school itself, is that in, in uh, the valley or is that in the city? Where I coach? Yeah. I, I, my, the school I coach at is uh, like four blocks away. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. But I don't teach there. I teach at another school. Oh, so you're, you're all over. Damn. Because you got your Spurs shirt on. I had to get my Lakers ring yeah, on. Yeah, bro. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't uh, on purpose though. It's just, I mean, I'm from San Antonio. I wear my Spurs stuff all the time. Almost. I need to send your shirt priority, bro. I'll send you the little. Shoot the rock. Yeah, yeah I'm, about to, I'm about to send it to you ASAP. I don't know about that. Everybody, I, all your followers will be like, all oh, these guys, these Cali boys talking, talking this nonsense about Texas food. Well, I think the one thing they remember the most is you talking nonsense about Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I think it's pretty cool we get to have a conversation with guys out in California. You know, um, I think, I mean, kids are kids, right? You know, so, um, but the perspective is everything. So I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, your California perspective and, and how things are up there. So, now, I don't have any cool intros or no AKAs like my boy, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we do got Robert Zaragoza and Al Cuevas out of uh, California. Can you guys both tell me, you know, exactly what city you're living in right now? Go ahead, uh, I live in the city of Alhambra, um, which is uh, uh, west of, uh, east of uh, downtown LA, about 10 minutes. Um, you know, I grew up in Southeast Los Angeles, uh, city of commerce, uh, you know, went to Juco basketball and East LA college, stuff like that. But 
Uh, born and raised in Southern California, uh, East Los Angeles, Southeast Los Angeles. I'm a, I'm a little further out in the suburbs. I'm about 30 miles, maybe a little bit more, out of uh, downtown LA, Charter Oak, California. It's a little, little community in the foothills out of here. Probably about uh, four or five degrees hotter than where Z is right now. <laughs> yeah. Like over here, when, when something's like five or 10 minutes out, we just call it San Antonio. It's all San Antonio. Oh yeah, that, that place is too big. <laughs> well, uh, well, I appreciate you guys coming on. How, how you guys been doing as far as uh, this COVID situation? Um, what have you been doing to stay busy? What's it like in California? Uh, I can tell you a little bit what it's like in Texas after, after but uh, just talk to me a little bit about what you've seen and, and how you guys manage. Well, when I, I can go. Um, when it first started, it was one of those, uh, you know, you kind of saw it coming. Um, and then everything started shutting down after the, the Rudy Gobert microphone thing. Um, and then it was just kind of, you know, we had a couple friends that were in high school playoff games um, and that affected some of those things. Uh, and as far as like how it is right now, um, in the news, in different spots, it's, it's opening up little by little. Like actually today they said like, uh, the barbershops can open up in certain cities, um, stuff like that. So it's, I think we're we're a little bit slower than a lot of other places as far as opening up. Um, like Memorial Weekend was, you know, just the other day, yesterday, and you know, it kind of feels weird to to not play in a basketball tournament or be in a tournament or be in a basketball gym. Um, you know, we've been kind of shut down for like two months, so uh, it's just it's 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 figuring out. What are some of the things that, that we can do as like family? You know, I have a, I'm lucky to have a park across the street. So, so I wake up early and get my little, uh, I, I, say, I say I'm, I'm jogging, but in my mind, you know, in my mind, I'm probably really walking and stuff. So, uh, but I, I try to get out there a little bit, uh, just to release some stress, you know, cause it, the, you know, our, our place isn't too big. We have a little, uh, we have an apartment here, but it's not, it's not too big where, where everyone has space. So I think just kind of, respecting everyone's space uh, when you go outside like like today I was driving around one of the market and I was like I forgot my mask you know and then you make the u-turn and like you got to have those things uh, or you know it's just you want to be respectful you know to the people that are that are you know um, have fallen to this uh, COVID and you know as far as anything you want to be respectful to your neighbors and you know we're all in the same community so it's just one of those things where where you know you kind of got to wait and see and, and right now we're waiting and seeing, and, and you know, we see a couple of things opening up. Uh, personally, me and my family, we're not in a rush to, uh, to get anything going. You know, I think we'd rather see what, what happens and see how things transpire. Um, I'm in education, so um, I do the long distance learning with the students, um, you know, making phone calls. Um, I work as a dean at a high school. So for me, it's just, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate uh, to be in education and, and still be getting a paycheck. So uh, as far as that's concerned, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, you gotta just, I'm, we're not in a rush right now. You know, we're, we're waiting and seeing, we miss basketball. Uh, any little thing in the NBA Twitter world, yeah. we're like, oh, you know, we're waiting Ooh, for it. Mouth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah, go. It, uh, especially early on, man, it, I think over, over the last two and a half months or so, We've all kind of learned a little bit more about this whole, you know, pandemic and, and how to function. But I, I, the first three, four weeks, 
I mean, we we didn't leave the house, man. We were on lockdown. You know, I barely went, I didn't even go to the market. You know, I remember the first day I went to the market. I, I even posted a a picture on the on Instagram. You know, I was like suited up. I was ready because who you know it, we didn't know. You know, I think we, we've learned a lot more as as a as the time has gone by. Um, I mean, you, you just gotta be careful, man. You know, my mom's seventy five and she lives with me. Um, and she's she's uh, she had a, a quadruple bypass twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I gotta be careful. You know, I can't be uh, bringing any any uh, any germs into the house and stuff like that. So, so we're we're staying home as much as possible, man. And what have you seen as far as people in the city? I know, like in Texas, at least in, in our area, like people aren't really listening or haven't really listened much. Uh, you look at our beaches. Uh, I was I was just appalled at looking at all the people just huddled up um, around each other, hanging out like like nobody's business. Uh, now, how's it out there in California? I think depending on the community, it's a little bit different. Uh, out here where I live, I think it's a it's a, a little bit more of a of a it, it's diverse, but there's 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 quite a, a kind of a conservative set mm -hmm. that thinks uh, you're a liberal liberal softy. I'm, I'm using a nice word. <laughs> you know, if if you, if you wear a mask, um, and my kids want to go, you know, my kids want to go anywhere. Yeah. Right, and they want to go to the market with me, and I'm like, I can't, I can't. If I take you, you know, you're around grandma. But uh, I, as you move more to like, uh, to like, uh, to like Alhambra, to, to the east side, um, to the, I know you don't know the, the communities, but these are more communities of uh, of color. They're wearing masks everywhere. Yeah, they're wearing masks everywhere. Over here, it's a little different at, at times, which is which. Which makes me nervous, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, like I said, I, I I try to be respectful, and like I said, I just made that U-turn the other day, and I was like, because you know, you know, you never know, you never know, and and it's affected uh, my family directly. Um, you know, one of my uh, uncles uh, fell to uh, the coronavirus, um, you know, and he's actually we're collecting funds right now, and. Um, you know, where they're they're planning to take his body to, to Mexico. You know, that's where he's from. So, you know, uh, when it hits home, I think it's one of those things where where it becomes a lot more real. You know, I think you know it's very superficial and it's just one of those things that you see on the news and it's like until it hits you. Um, and we're already being precaution. We're already being cautious about it, but it's just one of those things where you know you just gotta now it just becomes that's that's why more than anything it, it is more of a wait and see on what happens it makes it more real i mean we see this stuff on the news and the tv and i think a lot of people when it hits home i mean that's when it makes it really i guess for sure rise yeah not that you didn't already have it but i'm just talking about people in general yeah yeah let's let's talk about i know we touched on it just a little bit but your childhood you know where'd you grow up what was it like um any influences in your life that led you down this path of uh, getting into education or getting into coaching or just just hoops in general go ahead al you, your childhood started a little bit before mine bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh we actually grew up uh um he, he grew up in the city of commerce i grew up in the city of Bell gardens uh which they're neighboring uh, little towns in southeast l.a um, I'm seven years older than him, than, than Robert. Um, his brother, his older brother and I were, were high school teammates. 
Um, and that's where that's when me and Robert maybe we could talk about that a little bit, or maybe that's for your podcast, Z. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started kind of hanging out with him a lot when he was about ten years old, and I was in junior and senior in high school. We joke around a lot. But yeah, we grew up in Southeast LA. Went to Bell Gardens High School. Um, pretty competitive. Um, I think Z had some better years there than, than we did. We were we were good, but Z's teams were a little bit better. Um, but it, but. I mean, we just fell in love with the game there. It was a, a, a mostly Latino community that you you pretty much, in the 80s and 90s, you pretty much uh, played ball, played basketball, or you played soccer. Like everybody you knew who was, was an athlete uh, played, played basketball or soccer. And then the guys who weren't that athletic ended up playing football and they ended up being pretty good too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, from there, uh, I was a pretty good student. Um, and I was able to play uh, some Division Three basketball uh, at a small college uh, out in the desert uh, for a couple of years. And then uh, I think maybe I, I got ahead of myself and thought uh, I was a little better than I, than I really was. And I transferred to a, to a D1 school, Long Beach State, and uh, tried to walk on my last three years and didn't really work out for me. But it was fun. It was fun. I worked out with the guys there at Long Beach State and, and uh, uh, I got better. Um, and and uh, it's a funny story. Um, my, my last year, you know, I knew the coaches, I knew all the players on the team. And uh, the head coach at the time was uh, Seth Greenberg, my last year at Long Beach State. And I went to talk to him about, you know, walking on again. You know, I walked on every year, trying to make the team. And he said, he asked me if, uh, if I ever thought about coaching. And I said, uh, no, I don't want to coach. Hell no, I'm not a coach, I want to play. He's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, why do you ask? He's like, well, a friend of mine, he's a freshman coach at Buena Park High School, which is uh, Orange County, which is about from Long Beach State, maybe like a 15, 20 minute uh, drive. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, freshman team, 1,500 bucks. I said, 1,500 bucks? Rich. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm like, rich. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, but what about walking on, coach? I want to be on the team. He says, uh, nah, you're not going to be on the team. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll coach the freshman. Yeah. And that, that's actually how I started coaching 30 years ago. Orange County, like from the movie? Orange County? Uh, what movie? It's a probably. The Orange County. Right, yeah. right, on the, right on the edge. Right on the edge. Yeah, right on the edge. It was like, it's, it's, Winter Park is like the, the, the hood part of Orange County. It's not really hood, but. Yeah, it's that, that's where I first started coaching. What about you, Uh I was a uh, city of commerce. I, I live like three blocks from the park, um, the Rosewood Park. That's uh, where I grew up at. Um, and I was like the parks and rec kid. You know, I, I played uh, all the sports. Uh, you know, whatever the park offered, I was I was with it. You know, baseball season, uh, flag football. You know, and basketball. And basketball was like one of the first ones where um, I played, but I wasn't really, I didn't really get the game, you know, but you know, um, Al and, and my brother and those guys, uh, the more they started playing, the more I was like, I got to pick up on that, you know? And they were older, so I wasn't really like the guy that was, you know, with your younger brothers is like, ah, move to the side, you know? Um, so I kind of just, it was one of my things where I was like, I wanted to hoop. Um, and I played there. Um, it's funny, I, I was thinking about it. I, I didn't play for my middle school because I was like, I, I want to play at the park better, you know? So I was one of those kids that I, I felt that that was, 
my better path. Um, I played in high school. Um, we had a good, like Al said, we had a good senior year. We went uh, 21 and seven. Um, and for us in that community, uh, one playoff win was might as well win the CIF championship, bro. So uh, we, we, we did well. Um, and I played after that, I played uh, junior college basketball, East LA College, I played two years. And then I played one year at uh, California Baptist University. Um, it's currently a D1. I wasn't. It wasn't a D1 when I was when I was there. It was a small <laughs> building. Oh, you don't uh, have to say that part, Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. I played at Cal Baptist. Yeah, it was Cal Baptist College when I was there. Now it's Cal Baptist University. Uh, they're in the whack, but but it's cool. It's 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 just funny to see. Um, you know how how I came up in the in, in basketball, and, and it's just. Like looking, like thinking about that, I was gonna be on this podcast. I was like, man, I, you know, I was at the park, and I thought I was like, that was it. Like that for me, playing at the park with my friends uh, was like the funnest, you know, because you play against rival parks, and yeah. you know, you make the all-star team, and like that's like, you know, you're, you combine. It's like, you know, it just felt like my little NBA at the time, you know. I mean, when you're a little kid, that's like what you have, and you look forward to it, and you go to the park, and. And it's funny, uh, one of my best friends lived down the street and, uh, you know, like literally up the block and both of us ended up being 6'6". Six, six, and I was like, what was, what was on the, in the water on that, on that block, you know? <laughs> I had both Latino, ki both Latino kids. Um, he also uh, went on to play basketball uh, in college uh, beyond high school. But, you know, as far as that, it was just loving the game. I mean, just going and hooping and the driveway, you know, whoever had a driveway in their house, we were there. Sure. You know, what's funny is uh, thinking, thinking of all these stories. You know, you ask about coaching. You know, Z starts playing in the uh, the park leagues, and he's like 10, 11, and he's five, six inches taller than every kid, right? So me and his brother and some of us, we're going to his games. You know, we're we're I don't know if you remember that Z. Yeah. We're trying to coach him up. You know, we're trying because you know we're in high school now, juniors, seniors. We think we know a little bit, and he's 10, 11, 12, and we're trying to coach him. And then, fast forward a few years, he was on a really good team his senior year. And Bobby will, will say this, because he's, I'm quoting him. Of the five starters, he was probably the fifth option, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. and he was, I think, the only guy that played college basketball, right? Uh, Eddie Santana played. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. But uh, he was a little a little heavier at the end of his senior year. And uh, I was already coaching like maybe two or three years at that point. Remember, I'm seven years older than him, so I'm like 24, he's 17. So I, I, I was training him. You were like the first kid I ever trained, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Gym, I'm putting him through workouts, I'm getting him ready to play. And he was, he, his body completely transformed from high school to college, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, um, I remember, um, during those times, you were doing the warrior drills. I think. Uh, oh yeah, Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen. So Chris um, Mullen, um, he was a uh, he had OCD, like uh, you know, uh, he's very obsessive you know, compulsive. You know what, what it was is, um, and he was an alcoholic, right? At the time, and he was trying to get in shape. Yeah. So, so whoever's trainer uh, Chris Mullins was, I don't know if you remember Al, but I remember because it was like uh, the warrior drills, and that's what we called them, like. We're gonna get in the gym and we're gonna do the warrior drills. Yeah. And it was like I'll send you that stuff, Marcus. You'll love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was like it was cardio, shooting, and like it's ridiculous. 
and we put, we worked out we worked out in a in the small hot gym uh about we had like the big nice gym and then we had like the, the indian hoosier small gym you know with no ac and no fans and we would go in there and this guy would put me to work um you know as a you know I, after my high school career i think that's when i i i, I didn't think i was gonna play beyond high school and then uh, after my high school career, I was like, you know what, Al, I need to work out. And he would come by the house and pick me up, and we go to the. He had, he was coaching at the high school at that time, so he had the key. Coaching to the girls, gym. yeah. Yeah, he was coaching the girls, so he had a key to the gym, and he put me in there, and he put me through like a hour and a half workout, and I just, you know, at that time, I could go that far, that. And then he'd be like, all right, and he'd be rebounding for me, or whatever, and he'd be like, all right, cool, let's go one on one, and I'm like. What? And he's like, ah. Oh. So he's all not fresh, but man, he put me through a killer workout, and I was just like, we go, oh. and we go full court one on one. Yeah, that's great. That's that's that's, that's, that's great old school, bro. <laughs> that, was, that was old school. I, I've known Al uh, my entire life, and I think he he's the one. Whenever I I decided to, that I wanted to really get down and play uh, college basketball, you know, I I asked Al, and he put me through the workouts, and I those workouts are still good. I I ended up coaching in Mexico. And, um, you know, a couple of the players would be like, hey, coach, I need to do a workout. I need to get back in shape. Like, I haven't played in a game or, you know, I'm like, you want to work? Or I do, like, preseason. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then they'd be like, you know, like, the first five or six shots, you know, you're like, oh, that's cool. But it's like you have to reach a certain number, and then you're, you got to, like, reset it. And you got to, you know, so you're constantly moving. So the players would be like, oh, bro, okay, I, you, need to, you need to chill out. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's funny you said about the gym. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I had my assistant coach. He's from Indiana, right on the border oh, near nice. Illinois. So his his dad coached uh, 44 years at a, at East Chicago High School, and uh, so I paired him up with uh, San Antonio's all-time leading wins leader, right from here in town. So they don't know each other, but they're just talking hoops. And this guy's like, I remember one time I went up to Indiana, Knightsville, went to the Hoosiers gym. One of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And then, and then my guy's dad was like, oh, I used to play there back in the day. I played there a couple of times and my mind was just like blown. Yeah, yeah. I actually I actually uh, watched that episode and you put the little clip on the on the side. Oh, yeah. Like and you inserted it and I was like, that's exactly the small gym. Like that was, that's what our small gym looked like. So that was cool. I, I, I saw that episode. I, and I, I remember I was fired up to work, Bob, because I was, I was like, I had coached two years freshman ball at Buena Park, and then I think I had coached maybe two years um, girls. So I was like, I'll work you, Ozzy. You're six six, big old. Yeah, let's go. Let's get in the gym. Yeah. You know, you kind of started, but, but talk to me about your journey. You know, uh, you started off as a freshman coach, and, and and up until this point, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I was a freshman coach at Buena Park, and. Um, Man, that might have been one of the greatest years in Buena Park history. We won, we won the league all three levels. Um, the, the varsity squad was tough. I mean, it was it was so much fun. Uh, so so, you know, it's funny because um, I've, I've listened to all Aziz podcasts and I heard your podcast and you talked about um, Latino hoops. You know, playing in tournaments stuff like that. Because I got into playing in, in tournaments a lot later because. Right after I stopped playing, I was like all in with coaching. You know, I was like, I wanted to learn everything. And, and you know, I had friends going to tournaments and stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, I'm practicing or I'm, you know, going to coach. 
or whatever. But yeah, I was at, at Buena Park for a couple of years, and then Robert's brother got the head coaching job uh, for the girls at Bell Gardens High School, which is uh, our alma mater. And he asked me, he's like, hey, come down, you know, you want to be my assistant? And I'm like, what level? I'm, we're like, I'm like 22, something like that. And he's like, varsity. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So uh, we coached together, um, I don't know, 10 years, something like that. And at, at the beginning, uh, we were terrible. I mean, it was, it was you know, it was even our entire time there, girls basketball didn't have a lot of support. Uh, but we were all in, man. So we were there together for, for a few years. And towards the end, we, we had a, a really good run of, of some really tough teams that, that probably had a chance to, to win some, uh, to win a CIF championship, a, a section title. Uh, we would have got a couple of breaks. Um, uh, and then uh, I left the girls program and became an assistant with the boys program for a few years. Uh, that's when uh, Robert's brother, Carlos, uh, retired from coaching. He became an administrator, a school administrator, which is what he's been doing ever since. Um, and I came back to the girls and was the head coach for a year. And then went back to the boys in 2007 uh, to be the, the head coach there. Uh, I was there until 2016, I think. And then... Uh, now I'm here at Charter Oak, uh, which is where I live, um, and, and it's been a great move. It's it, uh, Bell Gardens, especially in the late '90s, maybe even later than that. Uh, '80s, '90s. I mean, we had some big kids that would come through, like Robert. You know, we always had, you know, some big men, six, 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 seven, six, six seven guys who could play. Um, by the time I took over, my first year, I had a, a six, ten kid. After that, I never had anybody bigger than like 6'1". I mean, we were tiny little guards who could shoot it. It was fun. And we had some great, great little little guards. Um, but uh, just small, you know, just small little guys. And what, you had a coach on uh, uh, a few weeks ago that was talking about, you know, little guards that can handle and shoot the ball. And that's what we did, man. We shot the three and, and we pressed the hell out of people. And, and it was fun. Uh, but now at Charter Oak, you know, I'm coaching a little bit more of a of a traditional kind of team. You know, I got some 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 decent size and some better athletes, and so it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. It's been I've been doing it for 30 years, and uh, still have a good time. Yeah, and just to kind of chime in uh, before um, in Val Gardens. I think uh, in all the years that we were there, because uh, I would. I would help out a little bit, um, you know, with the basketball camps or whatever. And uh, it's there's not a lot of uh, like a youth, like there's not like a lot of grassroots in the Latino community as far as youth basketball. There is, like I told you, I, the parks and rec, but it's just like the guys working at the park. And if they know who, then you're just kind of got fortunate to get some good basketball uh, training. You know, you're out of luck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So as far as that's concerned, you know, it's it's almost like in, in some cases, in certain years, it's it's every year's a rebuilding year. You know, it's it's like whatever you have as your freshman, and it's just like it's important for those those lower levels to to kind of build and grow. And and um, I was mentioning uh, he did that girls' season one year, right? And his transition, um, 
And he hits me up and he's like, hey, uh, I need you to coach uh, one year for me. And I'm like, well, what's up? And he's like, yeah, I need, I need you to be my assistant um, on the girls basketball team. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. Like, I, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. It's a lot of work. And, it, and he's like, dude, we're just going to coach it. It's basketball. And, that, and it's not girls basketball. It's basketball. You know, we're, we're coaching. And, you know, we had gone to, um, he had mentioned it earlier, um, that we used to go to the Las Vegas uh, Nike basketball clinics. I don't know if you've ever been, Marcus, but those are, those are really good. Those, oh, you need to go. You those, need to go. Are, those are amazing. Anyone that's a Nike coach was there. And they do like it's like three, four days. It's uh, uh, what was it, Mother's Day weekend and the one in Vegas. But there, are, they used to have them all over the country. But we would go to the one in Vegas because we drive over and get a hotel, you know, um, you know, play a little gamble and then go take notes in the gym. And they would do it like the, at the Orleans, and they would have a full court. Uh, they would have like college, uh, like a college team, like Concordia or whoever, like NAIA, the NAIA, NAIA. whoever the NAI team. It was in California or whatever, or whatever country, where part of the country they're from, and the coaches would put them through workouts. By like day three, it's like one team, yeah. and by like day three, like yeah. you got like Calipari, yeah. like all right, we're gonna do our full court press, and he's making them go like, and we've been watching this kid like get dogged like for three days, and Calipari's like ripping out, like, what? Why are you tired for? Like, and he just like literally like flew in, probably you know. So it was it was cool. Like we'd have uh, Bobby Knight. I don't know the coaches. Uh, Bobby Knight, John Thompson, uh, you know, Tarkanian would be there. That's Anyone right. that was Nike was Coach K, Coach K Calipari. We yeah. seen everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so he told so Al back to the what I was saying. Al hit me up and was like, "Look, one year." And I go, "Look, I'm gonna guarantee you one year," because we were kind of like banking on the fact that like he was gonna get the boys' job, you know? Because the head coach was like, "You're hoping." Uh, hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were hoping, you know. So. So I was like, all right, cool. So we coached the girls, and then the following year, he ended up getting the gig, and then we coached together. Um, we coached together at the boys program, and during that time, uh, kind of going into my journey, uh, during that time, I was running a lot of men's tournaments. I was running a lot of uh, Latino men's basketball tournaments, and a lot of my, my the guys that were playing in my league were ex-JUCO guys from the, the Southeast Los Angeles, um, and it was high-level basketball at the rec league you know uh, rec level but I would host tournaments in Mexico and I was doing other things and um, at the time Lorenzo Mata uh, he played a, he played four years at UCLA he was from our area um, I became real good friends with him and um, he was signing this contract um, and right at the end of his senior year he was like so I was with them and I got to know the owner uh, of the professional team and he's like hey well what do you do and i was like well, i coach i co coach at this high school you know i work at a school you know this and that and he's like oh have you ever you ever thought about coaching have you ever thought about like and i was like yeah was like i enjoy it like i i'm a pe major like i you know i, just, I enjoy doing this oh, okay so he just kind of dropped the seed and you know probably like seven months later um he gave me an opportunity to coach in mexico uh, and I and I was over there, and uh, I mentioned it in one of my podcasts. But you know, it was one of those things where it was like right place, right time. And you know, at the time there was like the recession and stuff like that. So I had technically lost my job at at, at, at teaching because they were doing a bunch of budget cuts in California. And it was just one of those things where the opportunity came up, and and I ended up uh, taking off um, to go coach in Mexico. Um, no head coaching experience ever. 
Uh, I had played ball. I, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm, you know, uh, uh, fly the plane and build it at the same time. You know, I think we've all been in those situations where, where you know you can do the job. It's just a matter of like, you know, fake it till you make it, and then you figure it out. At, at, at that point, um, I hadn't done any social media. It was like 2006, 2008, mm-hmm. something like that. And I remember talking to Bobby, and he's like, "Get a Facebook fool. We'll talk on Facebook." <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that's how so, I was. I was so we, before the, before I left, like the week I was leaving, I was like. <laughs> Everyone needs to get on Facebook because I can't get a hold of anybody <laughs> any other way. I can. That's that's the way I we uh, communicated. So, oh, so, go ahead. I, um, not every night, but quite often we'd be on Facebook. Like at, it's dark or it's late. My wife's like, "Let's go to bed. Let's go to bed." And this fool and I are chatting back and forth basketball. Like, "Hey, fool, we're playing this team. They do this. They do that. We're, we're just talking hoops on on Facebook." And, and we were running, um, you know, a lot of the, the stuff, um, like in the, the, the stuff that we ran in high school, because we were running and we were pushing the ball and we were, you know, our system break. Um, so we kept it really like flowy and, and the players liked it. Um, and I, I I got a couple coaches. I, I, I coached underneath the Argentinian coach um, and another guy that, that was um, from Venezuela. And both of those guys, you know, those are those are FIBA, and I learned a lot, a lot of basketball uh, from those guys. You know, they play a different system. They love practicing. Like the players over there weren't used to practicing the way, you know, the international guys were. So um, our practices were real meticulous. We would run over the offenses a lot, you know, um, and I learned a lot of the stuff. And like Al said, we'd be like, "Hey, look, this is what we're running. I think the kids can run this." in high school. So I, you know, I, I don't know, I forgot what the program was at the time, but we would draw, the, fast you know, I mean, fast, fast draw, draw. We draw our, our plays and, full would, stuff. And, and we would share our uh, our playbooks. So then I'm like, you know, so if I needed like an out of bounds play, we just had all our out of bound plays in, in one file. If we wanted to run some stuff for the big, if we wanted to run, run a play for the three. So we were just kind of sharing back and forth. So it was, that was, like for me, like I've never done basketball in that way ever. Like when I came back home, I was like, like you realize that's why they're pros, you know, and that's why they, they you know, obviously, you know, Marcus, you know, like you're you're probably teaching a class, thinking about your game at seven, you know, or whatever time your game is, <laughs> and and over here it's like this is my this is my job, and I'm doing this around the clock. You know, so I'm I'm breaking down video, I'm scouting, I'm doing all these other things. Um, you know, talking to the head coach, having meetings, having pre-practice, what the practice plans are going to be. And, you know, these are things that we did. Al ran a great program uh, in high school, so I learned a lot of these things um, through him. But it just became like, like tenfold, you know? It just became like way more intense. And um, my first... My first stint in Mexico uh, was in the Cibacopa, which is a small uh, regional uh, division. And we made it to the finals there. We made it to the championship there. And then the second year, uh, the second season, uh, I made it to the to the National League, which was like uh, across the country. And I was, I started off as the, uh, as the, uh, like the video guy, the video coordinator guy, the breakdown game tape, stuff like that. And 
um, like heading into like the quarterfinals, um, our head coach got canned, like in the middle of the season. And, you know, so the owner was upset at him. You know, he wasn't feeling it. And the fans were upset at him. And the head coach got, got canned. And the first assistant became the second assistant, so on and so forth. I became the, the I, be, I went from the, the video guy to being on the bench on a championship run. And we ended up winning the national championship um, in Mexico um, in 2010. So it was good. It was uh, in Veracruz, uh, University of Veracruz, Jalapa, uh, in, this, in the LMVP. So that was, um, that was like an amazing journey. And after that, uh, wheels kind of fell off on a couple different uh, negotiating contracts. Uh, and then, then after that, you know, you start, you just start chasing it, and you know, you kind of get brought back to reality. But those first two seasons were, you know, you're on cloud nine, you know, thinking you're going to be in the championship every year. What were some of the differences in like uh, teaching those guys at the pro level and then teaching the high school kids? You know what's funny is at first I was really intimidated. Like, you know, like I told you, I, I, I knew basketball very superficially, you know? I knew the game, I, I understood the game. Um, and like Al said, you know, our best player was a 6'3 post, you know, or a 5'11 shooting guard. And now I'm in Mexico and everyone's 6'7 across the board. You know, uh, our guards are 6'2, 6'3. We got, our, we got like three seven footers. You know, so I was like, I didn't, you know, but then when you get immersed in it, it's basketball. At the end of the day, it's basketball. And when we were making those runs, you know, I was working with the bigs and I was doing certain things uh, with them. And, you know, it's just the skill level. They just make everything. You know, um, I had this one guy, his name is uh, Victor Mariscal. He played on the national team for like a ton of years, you know, and um, I was rebounding for him. And... He played on the Mexico team that played against like Kobe uh, in Vegas a couple years ago when Mex Mexico played Kobe. And, you know, he had been on in the national team. He was like the vet on our team. And then he was like, hey, uh, do me a favor, come and rebound for me. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, you know, I've rebounded for high school kids forever, you know. And uh, he's like, all right, uh, I'm about to make 50. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he starts making, you know, ten, uh, five, five spots, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. He wants to make 50. And he starts shooting on the first spot and knocks him down. Boom. I'm like, all right, cool. Goes to the second spot, makes two, misses that next one. And he goes back to square one. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, no, no, I want to make 50 in a row. And I'm like, 50 in a row? What? And I was thinking in my head, like, we're going to be here all day. I mean, you know, I wasn't used to that that level of, of play. He, he probably missed... I don't think he missed, but I, just to kind of be fair to him, he might have missed one. We came back, and then he went 50 across the board. <laughs> and then another thing is, um, you know, they're, they're players. They're former high school, you know, in their high school or their college. So I thought, like, motivating them would be different or difficult, you know, because they're getting paid. Like, you, you, you kind of think about it like you're supposed to be motivated, you know, but... In reality, you know, they have the same, you know, different things. They're upset at the coaches or they're upset at their playing time or how they played or whatever. So I would do, uh, when I would do scouting tapes, every once in a while I'd get bored and I'd make like a little, like a little mixtape, you know? 
and I'd, and I'd give a player like a mixtape of his like highlights and I'd put like music in the background and they'd be like, oh, this is sweet, you know? And then they put it on their, on their YouTube channel. And going into the finals, um, going into the finals, we were down 0-2 uh, in the finals. And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me see if this works, you know? So I, we, were in, we were down 0-2 in the semifinals. And um, at the time the coach got fired, and we're out, they were like, all right, you're traveling. And, and the players were like, kind of making fun of me. They're like, oh man, you're a tourist now. Cause I have my little camera, you know, I have my little camcorder and I was recording everything. And they're like, oh, you're being a tourist. You're being a tourist, you know, and cause, you know, and, and no one thought we were going to win, but me being new on the, on the coaching staff, now that I'm on the bench, I was like, you know what? You have nothing to lose. So we went to dinner uh, with Ray Castillo. Um, one of your Texas guys, and we're and I recorded myself like almost did like a selfie, and I was like, "Oh, we're down 0-2, but we're still gonna win this," you know. And I recorded myself doing that. Kind of kept that in the in the in the vault, and we made it down from 0-2 to a game seven. And before the game started, I kind of documented and I put it into like a little a little thing, um, and I played it to the players before our game. And I ended it with that, you know? I ended it with like, oh, we're down 0-2, but we're still gonna win. And the guys were fired up. They're like, hey, you know what? You believed in us, you know? You believed in us. And the thing is, it was, it was, it was the guys believed in themselves, you know? They, they, they kind of were in that position where it's like, no one expects us to win. So it's 12 players, the coaching staff, and you know the owners kind of gave up because they they fired the coach, so it was one of those things where I was just like you know it was us against the world and and we ended up winning that series and then the following following series uh, we ended up uh, winning four one to win the win the championship. But you know uh, the difference is there is no difference. You know it's just the guys are they make more shots. You know they're bigger, they're stronger. But as far as basketball wise, if you're teaching basketball and you know basketball, you know you can teach any type of player any type of level and I think Al um, I think Al you you would you would do that too back in the day I, I was thinking about um, your Snow Valley days when you were when you were coaching um, and you were talking about like him working guys out and you know uh, who was the guy Brent Barry you know you were working out with Brent Barry and, and Snow Valley and he'd have NBA players and I was not sure it's, it all comes down to I mean, whether you're coaching high school kids, college kids, or, or pros, I mean, I'm sure you've had kids in your program that just aren't coachable, you know? And, and there are pros that aren't coachable either. But the, the ones that are coachable, don't let you coach them. You just got to coach them like you coach anybody else. Basketball. Yeah, you got to coach them hard. Just got to yeah. coach them hard. They want to get, get pushed. They want to learn something new. Uh, and they want to be challenged, you know? So, you know, you can rebound for them or whatever, but if you put them through a little workout, two ball, two ball dribbling and with a shot or whatever, and they'd be like, okay, this is different, you know? And then they you start challenging them and yeah. you start putting them. I worked out Ray Barrett before, uh, before his rookie year, and I can't remember his name, but the, the coach who developed the warrior drills for Chris Mullen asked me to work out Brent Barrett. He's like, hey, you want to work out Brent? I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you want me to do? He's like, do the warrior drills. All right. And, uh, you know, there's, there's drills where you're, you know, you got to do a layup, you got to do a pull-up jump shot, you got to hit a three, whatever. And and I'm like, all right. 
how much time you got? He's like, 45 minutes, let's go. I'm like, all right, we'll start with a little warm-up, a layup drill where you gotta make like 12 layups in a certain amount of time. And he's like, yeah, let's go. So I talk, told him what to do, and he's dunking the hell out of everything. I, re- I watched him play in college a little bit, but I don't remember him being that kind of player. But he's just like, everything, just hammering it. 12 straight dunks, right? And I'm, it's like full court sprints, and he's hammering. I'm like, holy crap, this guy's a stud. That was like my first real experience. I, I, that's probably why, why Robert brought it up, because that was really my first experience with an NBA-level uh, athlete. And, and I mean, he's he's a good player, but that, you know, his 6'7 and the athleticism, it's just like, it was next level, you know, and, and, and uh, but he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, just talk really briefly about maybe an impactful moment in your career where you realize, you know, this coaching is great. Uh, wins and losses are wonderful. Uh, but just when you realize it, it goes much deeper than the game itself. Uh... I remember that moment like it was yesterday, and it was quite a quite a ways ago. Uh, I must have been about I don't know, 25, 26. I already been coaching about five years or so, uh, and I was in Vegas at a coach's clinic, um, and I got an opportunity to sit with uh, Coach K. Nice. And I'm fired up, you know. I'm like, I'm ready. Like, all right, teach me your defense. What are you running off? You know, I'm, I, I want to draw stuff up on a whiteboard. Yeah. Right. And I, and I sit down with him and, he, and, he, and before I get to ask him anything, he asked me, you know, we shake hands and introduce each other, whatever. And he asked me, he's like, hey, coach, you know, how you doing? I'm, you know, good. He goes, uh, do you love your players? And it kind of shocked me like, huh? Yeah. He goes, do you love your players? Like, yeah, of course I do. And he's like, uh, do they know that? How do they know that? And it just kind of like hit me in the face, like, damn. Because especially early in my career, I, I, I was a tough guy. You know, I was I was a guy, you know, my, my heroes in coaching were guys like Bobby Knight. Yeah. You know? And, and when Coach K said that to me, you know, players kind of started going through my mind. Like, like I knew I would push kids because I wanted the best out of them. But I didn't always see, like, how they were viewing it, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, like maybe they were thinking, "Coach hates me." Yeah. So, so from that moment on, I remember thinking to myself, "I got to make sure my kids know, you know, how much I care about them." And it, it completely transformed uh, who I, who I, who I was as a coach. Uh, that's powerful. Like a five-minute five conversation. <laughs> so, uh, for me, I think uh, I'm starting to realize um, something that was told to me. Probably when I was uh, maybe like 20, um, I was at East LA College and I wanted to go to the Tommy Nunez tournament. And I had class that Friday and um, I was playing with East LA at the time. And uh, I told Sal, hey man, I'm not gonna be able to go. I got class and I got practice. And our coach was like, nah, you, five games in a weekend, you, you're gonna hurt yourself, you know? And uh, so I told him, hey, bro, I'm not going to be able to go. And he goes, you know what? I got you a flight. You know, I'll get you a flight. And I was like, hey, I, I don't have no money. And he's like, look, just how much can you get? I was like, I get 20 bucks, you know? And I was like, he's like, all right, cool. You have money for food. For like a weekend, you know? Four-day weekend, I got 20 bucks. And he flies me out. The guys the guys picked me up at the airport. I felt like a rock star. And um, 
all weekend long, I was like, hey, Sal, here's uh, here's the 20 bucks. And he's like, no, they keep it. So we go eat. And he's like, hey, what do you, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I got 20 bucks. And, you know, he's like, no, no, keep it. Like, I got it. Like, you know, and, and it was one of those things where at the end of the weekend, I, I still had my 20 bucks. Yeah. And, you know, the guys took care of me. Um, I flew back home over the weekend. And, and I was like, hey, man, how am I going to repay you? Like, thank you. And he's like, look, when you get older, um, do this for somebody else. Like, I want you to kind of help someone else that's, that, that can, that you feel that, that that's going to do something. And I've always held that. And I've always held that story. And I tell Sal, uh, some, he's he, Sal DeAnda. And I tell him that every time I see him, I'm like, hey, bro, thank you. You know, I, I appreciate that. And every, every so often, you know, you see a kid like an Arsenio. I think we flew him out uh, one time. Or even just like when I host tournaments, you know, I reach out to the kids and be like, what do you guys need? Like, you know, or like even by doing my podcast. Like my podcast is an extension of that $20 bill that I'm still repaying back, you know, of like the fact of like, like I'm sharing their stories. So then that way their stories can imp impact someone else, you know? And I think we've all, we've all gone through the struggles. We've all gone through um, learning, learning moments of basketball. Basketball has taught us a lot, you know? And I think with us three here, like we've impacted a bunch of younger us's, yeah. you know? as far as like coaches and I think I think you guys do that I mean I'm not in the coaching ranks anymore but I, I still view that as like as as a basketball still for me an opportunity to give back um to to you always, you always say that Steve. You, you always say he, he always says that he's not a coach and everywhere I see him like five guys come up to him and say hey what's up coach <laughs> but I don't see it as like you know I, I guess maybe it's like I don't see it as like a full-time coach yeah. you know what i'm saying because i do so many you know uh master of all uh what is it uh jack of all trades jack of all trades master of none that's that's me right now and i think um i'm still learning you know obviously uh and i think i think the more the more i mature uh the more i realize like it you know i i think it's it's just it's that opportunity to give back to somebody and then you know i I hear it like like Al said at the end of every podcast, they're like they thank me for for bringing them on, so then that way they can share their story because we don't have that, you know. It's all sure. it's all it's all folklore, you know. Like all the stories that you heard, you you got to go to that person to hear that story. Now you can share it and send a person a link and be like, hey, this is a good story. This is this this coach in L.A. and you know he did this and this and this, yeah. you know. So, well, I'll tell you what. For all the kids that you coach, you're gonna always be Coach Z, right? I mean, yeah. we're gonna change for sure. What uh, I know we're kind of talking about it now, but but name some other guys, some of the best players that you've ever coached yourself. At any level, it could be the pros, Rob, or the high school level. Just uh, name some guys that come to mind. I mean, I, I pretty much um, the, the team that won the Pan Am Games, uh, the gold medal in Mexico. That was pretty much my team in, in Veracruz. Um, I was fortunate to have uh, Orlando Mendez Valdez. Um, he's from Texas. He was there my rookie year. Um, Lorenzo Mata, he was at UCLA. He had um, three Final Fours in a row. He was teammates with uh, Russell Westbrook and uh, Kevin Love those years. Um, and then, you know, I had probably like some of the Mexican um, 
like national players like Victor Avila. I, I had a chance to coach him. He played with uh, Eduardo Najera um, and coaching against uh, one of the guys was uh, Robert Track the Trailer. Um, he was like, uh, I think he, I want to say he passed away uh, in Puerto Rico like a year or two after I coached him. But I was, I was in between jobs at the time and I went back to Jalapa and um, I, I was kind of volunteering my time uh, in Jalapa and they were in the FIBA tournament. And Robert Tractor Trailer was, uh, you know, big dude, you know, a real cool guy. And he's working out and um, we got practice and they're running through sets and you know, they walk through or whatever. And he's got a toothpick in his mouth, you know? And I was like, hey, uh, hey Track, you know, um, you got a toothpick. Oh, no, no, that's my style, that's my style, you know? And he, you know, he just had a toothpick in his mouth. But, um, you know, and you look at him and you're like, man, this guy's big and he's strong. And, you know, he's kind of like finessing it, you know, around the rim. And, you know, you're like, okay, it's good. You know, it's good comparable to the other guys. And then they played against uh, Mexicali Solis. And, and they're, they're hammering him, bro. They were, they were just like not lit. And he got mad at the refs. And for like four minutes, bro that's when you understood why he played in the NBA was a lottery pick. Cause this guy was just drop step dunking. Like, I mean, he was the Mexican version of Robert trailer, but like Shaq, he was just like, and those rims over there, like they're shaking and we're already back on defense. And you're like hoping they stop shaking <laughs> by the time we come back. And he had about four minutes of just that where he just tore the rim down. And I was like, okay, like, like that's that's next level. So so I I, I was very fortunate to like coach uh, a lot of the you know Fetty Mesa and Ray Castillo also was out there. Um, you know there's 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 quite a few and um, you know it was fun. It was it was fun. I should have gone first because he coached pros, man. I coached little <laughs> little Latino guards. <laughs> you know I coached a, I, I coached a, a a bunch of little Latino guards, little tough guys. You know, guys with chips on their shoulders that, uh, you know, they, they had a crossover and a three-point shot, you know? Still tough dudes. Um, I got a couple of guards right now. It's, it's funny because, uh, uh, you know, I was at Bell Gardens for such a long time. Because uh, these two guys over here, two, I, two Asian guys, actually. Really skilled guys. Uh, this guy over here is a 6'4 guard. Yeah. The guy above him is about six feet, 6'1". Six uh, Andrew Bongo. And Jay Gonzalez, just skilled, uh, athletic, quick. Uh, Andrew's probably the most fundamentally sound kid uh, I've ever coached. Uh, so I'm excited for him. He's really working on his body, uh, but he can play, man. He can play. So he's really working on his body, trying to get himself, you know, ready for the next level. Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of good, a lot of good guards. I've coached a lot of good guards. Zeno's one of the best players I've ever coached. I was I was about to say, uh, you coach? Did you coach Richard Lopez too? Nah, I helped him out a little bit. I I, I would I can't take credit for coaching him, but I, I put him through some workouts here and there. Uh, Richard Richard Lopez. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. He played uh, he played in Mexico for a long. He played in Cal Baptist as well. Um, he, he Not the Division Cal One Cal Baptist though. <laughs> <laughs> but he was an All Star in Mexico for a while. Uh, but Richard Richard uh, he worked in his, on his own game. He he was a workhorse man. He transformed his. He was, he was a, a five-man in high school, maybe 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something like that. And uh, in college, he was a two-guard, you know, and he completely transformed his body and his game. And, 
and I can't take any credit for that. That kid was a workhorse. And that, that was that's what it is. Yeah. But I think that's what it is too. Is is um, you know sometimes uh, the players develop after um, uh, a lot of the a lot of the players from Bell Gardens uh, developed after um, their high school days. You know because you get you get not pigeonholed, but you know you get placed in a position or your league's not as strong and you get overlooked. You know, like Al said, you know, you got players uh, going to other gyms and they don't go to the Bell Garden gym. So um, East LA College was um, one of the places um, that really nurtured a lot of the Latino players in our area. Um, and a lot of players grew there in that area. Uh, from Bell Gardens, you know, uh, Danny Rosales, he ended up being a NAIA, uh, I want to say All-American, Richard Lopez, he was at Bell Gardens. He ended up flourishing after um, playing professionally in Mexico. Arsino Ramirez, uh, also another uh, player that flourished. Uh, you know, Arsino is a, a great story because he transferred to a four-year. Um, and he was one of your players, Al. So you can take credit for Arsenio. But yeah. Arsenio played, Arsenio played for, um, he transferred. And uh, after high school, he went to a four-year university. And he still had the itch to play. Um, and I, maybe you want to tell that story, Al. Five seven guard, yeah. <laughs> five seven guard who averaged about twenty eight a game his senior year for me, and uh, great student, just a workhorse. Uh, his junior year, uh, I wasn't the coach. Uh, actually, I was an assistant for his senior year. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, the head coach, um, he let me run a lot of the stuff, and and we ran a lot of my my my, my offensive stuff. Um, but his, his junior year, he scored about 12 a game. And then his senior game, he, he I mean, he was a workhorse. He did everything I asked him to do. And he uh, more than doubled his, his scoring output. Um, great student. He was going to East Fullerton. Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton. Um, and he was playing on our men's, men's league team. You know, and, and we had some, we had some characters. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We had some characters on that team. And uh, I remember sitting with him on the bench, and he's looking at me like, uh, Coach, uh, this is like his freshman year in college. He's like, Coach, uh, I think I'm gonna play ball. Like, college ball? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, you need to stop hanging around with all these knuckleheads and, and get serious. And, and uh, I think he actually, he had like a 4.0 at Cal State Fullerton. And he, uh, and I told him, I go, if you're serious, you need to drop out like right now to stop your clock. Yeah, and he did. He he dropped out and he went straight to uh, to junior college. Uh, he went to the junior college and uh, talked to the coach, and the coach basically told him, "I really don't have room for you." Mm -hmm. And uh, Arsenio comes to me and says, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "He doesn't know you. He doesn't. I mean, this kid's a workhorse. One of the great greatest." best personality, highest character people you would ever want to be around. Yeah. And I just told Arsenio, look, he doesn't know you, just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. Just keep showing up. So when the opportunity comes, you need to do something with that. And sure enough, you know, he's working out, working out, and guys start kind of, you know, failing classes and getting ac academically in trouble. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, Arsenio, you're not gonna redshirt. You know, we're gonna need you to play. You know, he gets an opportunity in the game, comes in off the bench, and, uh, uh, you know, knocks down like five threes or something like that. 
And then the same thing happened to him. He transferred, he ended up being a really good player, uh, junior college. Uh, I think it was second team all state or all league or something like that. He did really well. And then he, he wanted to play at San Francisco State. And uh, I called the coach and kind of the same thing. Like, I don't really have any room for him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look, I'm like, just don't make him walk on. Because I had some experience with uh, walking on and not making teams. So I was like, just don't make him walk on. I said, just give him a jersey. Let him practice. If he's not good enough, he's not good enough. But just give him a jersey and let him practice. It's like, all right, coach. So he shows up at San Francisco State in the fall. And, and the coach would rank guys every after every week or, uh, of practice in the weight room, on the track, what they did in the, in the gym. Yeah. And every week, Arsenio, number one, number one, number one, number one. Right? Basketball season comes up, and the coach is like, look, you're going to get a uniform, but you're not going to play. I'm just letting you know, you earned a spot. You earned a spot on the team, but you're not going to play. And Arsenio's calling me like, coach, what do I do? I'm like, do the same thing you always did. Yeah. Just wait for that chance. Just wait for that chance. And sure enough, they're getting spanked in the game, and, and uh, he's pissed off at everybody else. And he's like, Arsenio, get in the game. And uh, uh, he comes off the bench, and he knocked down a bunch of threes. And after that, they wouldn't get him off the court. Yeah. And I remember it was about two weeks later, you know, he's texting me and telling me, Coach, I'm playing, I'm doing this. He's, he's, he ended up starting. And we go up there for, for homecoming in the, the Division II league in California. They travel, like, on Thursdays. And then they play. Like, each school has, like a, like, a sister school. So you play one team Friday, you play another team Saturday. So I went up there for, for homecoming, and they had a game Friday night and Saturday night. And it's homecoming, the gym's packed. And, and this is my ex-player, and me and one of his teammates are there. Uh, uh, Muggsy, little Muggsy, and we're, you know, me and Muggsy go out to dinner and we have a couple of beers and uh, uh, we're cheering in the bleachers like little girls, man. Because our senior is like knocking down three after three. And I remember these girls in the stands are coming up to us and they're like, you know him? You know him? <laughs> and I remember, I remember telling our senior about that. And he's like, really? Nobody talks to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good dude, and and uh, he's one of the guys uh, in our in our men's leagues. He scored a uh, 108 uh, in in a in a game, you know. He's so bucket. he was bucket. Yeah, I, I took him. I took him out with me. Uh, he he made he had a short little stint uh, in Mexico, maybe a couple games, you know, handful of games. But over there, it's a lot of politics, so you know, it was, a, it was tough for. He's small. He's a small guard. He just needed that time to figure it out, you know. But uh, over there, it's, time is money over there. They ain't, got, they ain't got a lot of money, so they ain't got a lot of time. On those. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great story, though. I mean, it's one of those perfect examples of, uh, you know, just don't give them a reason to take you off the floor, right? Stay ready, and then when it's your chance, don't, you know, give them a reason not to take you out of the game, right? I mean, a lot of kids these days will complain or look for, uh, you know, they'll, they'll deflect the blame somewhere else and, and you know. That's a great story, though, about a kid that that, uh, that stayed ready and made the most out of an opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I did that. Um, I was supposed to redshirt. I played three years college ball, and I was supposed to redshirt every every single one of them. You know, <laughs> and, uh, the, the first uh, my freshman year at East LA College, um, I'd be on the bench, and then the coach would be like, "Hey, we're you're you're not you're not gonna play, but 
you know, whatever. And like at the end of the game, they'd be like, hey, uh, so-and-so's in foul trouble. And uh, put in Zaragoza. I'd be like, and I was like the guy that just like at the end of the bench, they called my name and I was sprinting to the to the, to the table, you know? I, I was that dude, you know? I was like, you know, uh, lacking skill, but effort, I'm gonna give it to you, you know? And uh, I played like, you know, four or five minutes. Same thing, I, I was like, all right, you, you know. Take away one of your banners, Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same thing, it's, it's uh, uh, who, who said it? Uh, I forgot one of the guys on the podcast said, uh, like, I just wanted to beat that guy uh, on, uh, on, that, on that spot. So the guy ahead of me was some guy named Dale Clark. I remember him, you know, I was like, every practice I'm going heads up with you and we're doing post work. I want to go heads up with you. And it was just like, like, my focus was Dale Clark, Dale Clark. And I wasn't playing, I was in the mindset of like, look, this is my year to just get better. One day he, uh, he no shows the practice and um, they're just like, you know what, Zaragoza, you've been playing well. And you know, they, they inserted me into the starting lineup, like out of necessity, you know, like Al said at East LA College, you know, you got guys academically ineligible, like three weeks in, you know, their financial aid don't go through, whatever the case may be. And we go from a roster of like 18 guys to like seven by the end of the season, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, it was one of those uh, where they gave me the starting nod and, uh, you know, I had 18 and 10 uh, on that start, you know, and it was like, all right, cool. And for the rest of my, Two years at, at East LA. I mean, I didn't average 18 and 10. I had a great game that day, but um, but it kept me. I, I did well enough to to start. Um, you know, we're playing against LA City, uh, and they got you know, LA City at the time had uh, you know one of the top teams in the country. You know, they had uh, all their players went D1. Like there's there's a year where uh, the starting five, the six man, and a red shirt all went D1. You know, and they, they didn't go like they went. They went to like all the Pac-10 schools. Some went to Providence, and yeah. they're going all over the country, Texas Tech, and stuff like that. So, you know, we played against some some really good competition in in, in JUCO those years. But yeah, uh, same thing. You know, I I I, I just worked hard, and, and that's like that, that was my thing. You know, I worked hard, and I, and I I just earned every minute I, I had on the floor. Let's get into a little bit of. Uh... The Latino tournaments out there on the West Coast. Now, what, what is it like out there? What are the Latino tournaments like out there? What's the scene look like? Uh, paint a picture for me. Well, I've played in them since seven, 17 years old. Um, senior in high school, uh, a couple times with Al, a couple times. But as far as like the Latino scene, um, I talked to a couple guys from Arizona and they're like, hey, it's different in Cali. And I'm like, well, why is it different? He goes, because you guys have a more of a community, you know? Um, East LA is all Latino and, you know, the, the surrounding areas, Bell Gardens and all the, the areas in LA and the east side, southeast side are predominantly Latino. So the thing is, it's, it's um, you have more more to choose from, you know? And, and if you select teams in the Latino circuit, you know, you're like, for example, Sin Miedo, it's all guys from Bell area, you know, which is a small city uh, next to Bell Gardens. And all those guys played together and they grew up together and they would, they would nurture each other through the circuit, you know? And um, Joe uh, Leon from Tierra del Sol says that in Arizona, it's not like that. You know, it's, it, it's, not, it's not as conducive as like a community as far as basketball community. It's not, it's not embraced as much as it is now. It, I guess it is now, 
but there's it's a lot more spread out in Arizona. So I think um, you know there there's certain tournaments. Um, there's there's some big tournaments that they consider out here the circuit. So the circuit is uh, LA Memorial, which was supposed to be um, this past weekend, and that's in LA every year. Um, and then there's the Las Vegas tournament, um, which is in August. And then there's uh, the Tommy Nunez. So those three tournaments are what we consider uh, the circuit, you know, like the big three. And then there's a bunch of other tournaments that fall in in between those months, you know, because there's like little weekends. Like I, I hosted tournaments uh, in Mexico, um, in Rosarito Beach, Mexico. And I always wedge those in between those. So a lot of the my tournaments were open tournaments, but a lot of the Latino teams would use those as like uh, like stay in shape yeah. tournaments. You're right. You know? So, uh, you know, ever since like, uh, what is it, 94, since I've been in, we've been we've been hosting tournaments. John Guerrero, I think Tommy Nunez is hosting his 40th annual uh, this year. Uh, John Guerrero is supposed to do 25th annual Las Vegas this year. So the Latino circuit has been around. And, you know, I know the guys from... Uh, from Texas and Zuniga and stuff like that. Um, you know, he has his Cinco de Mayo, and I know that one's, I, I wanna say it's it's definitely more than 25, but it's not as many as 40. So it's right around those. And it might be like 32 years or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm aware of those guys, and, and um, I host um, like my podcast, and I've, I've, I had a website, and my thing has always been promoting Latino basketball, obviously. Um, you know, I played, you know, we got stories like the ones Al's talking about of players that, you know, maybe didn't make it, didn't make the eye test, but they're good players and they're, they're capable of playing college basketball. Sure. So I think um, the Latino tournaments for me was just a place to showcase your skill. You know, all those summers that I was uh, working out with Al, you know, um, like, you know, maybe at the JUCO level, I wasn't able to flourish, but all the things that I worked on with Al, I was able to like put them into play against good talent, um, you know, in Delano, like in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and you you go out there and you'd be like, okay, like I, I can play at this level. And the unities were huge, Z. I mean, yeah. earlier we were talking about the, the, the gym or having keys to the gym. And I was thinking about it, you know, I don't know if you have a lot of travel ball in your, in your area, you know, okay. if, your kid, if your kids play a lot of travel ball, but in the Southeast area, the Latino kids there, they, they're not playing on travel ball. But I was an assistant coach to his brother, and then I was an assistant boys coach. And uh, but I had keys to the gym, so me and Z were were organizing. We did camps, we did kids leagues, we everything we everything we did for the kids that uh, were always free, right? We had all these yeah. all these different things. I, it's funny because I forgot all about that stuff. We did that stuff for years, Z. Yeah. Uh, kids clinics and camps, and then and then we would we would do. Well, Z would organize it all. But we had men's leagues, and he had like different divisions. Uh, oh yeah. And and his leagues, you know, we'd make a little money, and he'd donate money to the program. That would help. You know, my, my thing was always like, hey, I coach in the hood, but I don't want my kids to feel like, when, you know, when we go, we I wanted to play in big events. Yeah. And I didn't want my kids to feel like, like they were lacking. Yeah, for sure. But but to to run a program, you know, to to be competitive at that level, you need money. You know, and and these leagues and these these tournaments were huge on, on helping uh, uh, you know support our, our program. Yeah. You know, and these leagues these leagues that we were hosting in our gym were top notch. 
I mean, they were, we had ballers in that gym all the time. I would send my players just to go watch games because there you know, was ballers in that gym all the time. High level well, basketball, Tuesday, Thursday night, you know? And the thing is too is, um, I, 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 you got me remembering, um, we would have games six, seven, eight, and nine o'clock, right? So, and the thing is, um, the six o'clock game, I had Al's team, his varsity team, oh, yeah. play against the men's team. Yeah. So, so the thing is, you know, sometimes the teams weren't full because the guys didn't get out of work or whatever, but they had five or ten. You know what I mean? But it was still good quality ball. I mean, not not to undermine that the, that the teams weren't good or whatever. But the thing is, the the kids were like pressing. You know, like they're doing like, you know, in men's league you ain't pressing. No. So Al Al was running and Al's Al's uh style of basketball was attack, shoot the three, uh, make a bucket, and we're doing full court press. Yeah. So the thing is, um, the men's leagues were like, okay, and you know, the kids would lose practically every game. But the thing is, it was it was not because they weren't, you know, putting in the effort. Like the men's leagues had to figure out like, how do we, how do we break a, uh, uh, break the press, you know? Yeah, it's been a, it's a few years since we've, we've done this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not, only, but not only that, I mean, the men were like, I mean, the boys were competing and they were they were playing hard and, and we had some, some good players, but they were still kids. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't want to be the men's team to lose to the kids. Yeah. Right? We we'd go like two and eight. But the yeah. two wins that we get, we, you know, everybody would talk smack to that team that lost to, to us, right? Well, those two yeah. probably weren't allowed back in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and it was just one of those things where where like we just we always found different ways to to push the high school kids yeah. you know as far as like how can what can we do you know we'd have them run the snack bar or we'd have them you know whatever and, and anytime that someone of any notoriety within the latino community was in the gym we'd make sure we'd walk over to the kids and be like hey that's uh richard lopez he played two years junior college he played at cal baptist and he's currently playing pro Oh, that's Lorenzo Mata. He's at UCLA right now. And they'd be like, what? And they'd like go and sit next to him and be like, you know? And they'd like, hey, coach, what time does Lorenzo's team play today? And they'd be there like for the eight. You know, they'd play at six or whatever. And they, they oh, he plays at nine. All right, I got to ask my mom, like, if I could stay in the gym, you know? And they'd come and they'd sit in there and wait. And it was just one of those things where it's just like, you know, um, we talk about it all the time. We, we talk about it all the time, you know, like, you want to see someone ahead of you, you know, to like a role model, you know, um, and, and having those dudes, they're they're great guys to top it off, you know. Um, the kids would play hard and they'd be like, hey, you know, they'd give them dap and they'd be like, hey, good game, man. You, you hit that three, oh, you got me or, or whatever. And the kids would be pumped up because even during like the free throw line, the, the the players would like give them tips like, "Hey, make sure you step in right here. Don't let me get the rebound for you." Yeah, you know, was- so 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 the, yeah, the the teams are coaching the high school kids in the game, yeah, as well as like beating them. But but it was like that in game experience where you could see like, oh, this little kid got his got got potential. Let me let me let me give him some tips, or they'd walk over, "Hey, coach, can I talk to your guys?" You know, and they they'd bring the like we'd do a huddle after the game. And some of the guys would be like, hey, man, you guys are good. Like, stay at it and blah, blah, blah. You know, make sure, you know, whatever. Like, they'd give them tips. And I was always good, you know, so. Yeah, I I, we don't, uh, like, I can't really host leagues or anything. But what I try to do in, in my gym, uh, where I work, is, uh, is just bring guys in 
right? Just bring them in, have them work out, open gym, uh, or I'll host some open gym with a bunch of dudes around the area that I can literally go. Some NBA guys, some college guys, some overseas guys, some guys, uh, you know, Orlando come, hop on the shooting machine, and uh, and just expose the kids to that stuff, just, you know, just to get them around it, because they, they may not have that opportunity, you know, otherwise. And so, you know, I remember I introduced Orlando to one of, I have, I have a, he's going to be a senior, uh, he was 6'5", and we left. They said he's grown. I hope I hope so. Uh, but he's a guard, wing guard. He can play. Him and, uh, and I have a – you talk about a bunch of little 5'7 Hispanics. I mean, that's what most of our teams at my school are made up of. For the most part, got this little guard. I mean, super quick and shoot from anywhere. I mean, uh, real mean and feisty. He just, you know, he's tough. Um, and they look at Orlando and, and uh, what, he's maybe six foot, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's the guy? I was like, that's the guy. I mean, he played down in Mexico, went to Western Kentucky, had a heck of a career, you know, on a national team, played against, you know, Derrick Rose and Steph Curry and these guys in the in the World Games or whatever. And, you know, but just for them to see that and be around it and to be exposed to it, I think it's important for them. Um, and it just makes them feel good, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, Orlando was, it's got to be up there as far as, like, the best players that I've coached. Um, just his career wise and just uh you know that guy's got his head on a swivel like you know he's constantly like looking his eyes are like like this all the time and and he makes the right play all the time you know he's got it never stops his dribble always iq knows where where the next play is and i really had a good, good fun time coaching him because he made it so easy and, and he's such a great person to he's top like it off. Guy, real humble, real laid back. Oh, humble guy, but you, he turns on a switch. Uh, we played in a FIBA tournament and he he was all tournament coming off the bench. And it was one of those things where, you know, he was a rookie and he had a bunch of bets ahead of him, but that tournament, he just kind of flipped the switch and. You know, he's played in, like you said, all these different tournaments and stuff like that. And going back to the, the West Coast Latino tournaments, I'll tell you that I went to that Vegas tournament last summer. That was the only time I've been to Vegas, to the Vegas tournament. And uh, it was fun. I mean, I had a blast. Uh, a lot of lot of teams packed in that one hot gym. What, what's it called? Uh, uh, jam on it. Jam on it, yeah. Had a hard time finding the door when I first got there, but uh, uh, it, was, it was a good time. playing. It, I played in the Open. And I also played in the 35 and up. Uh, so I, by the end of the weekend, it was like 10, 11 games in. I was just ready to hop on a plane back to Texas. I was, <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> but it was good. I played, in the, the, I played in the 35 and over when I was 45. I'm 50. Yeah. Uh, we did okay. I remember doing okay. But they had a 50 and over division as well. Yeah. And I remember seeing some buddies over there like playing the championship game. And I'm like, you guys are in the final? I'm like, I should be playing with you guys. I can't run with you guys. Because <laughs> yeah, everybody over there looked old to me. I'm like, I need to go over there. Yeah. <laughs> and those tournaments, it's it's one of those things where it's grown to that level. You know, I think uh, that year that you went, um, that tournament had 99 total teams. Uh, 98, 99 total teams. But before, in, in, in the 90s, it was, you had the Latino Open, which was all the youngsters, you know, 18 and over. Uh, and you had the 40 and over division. And that was it. 
Yeah. And, and you would lose a lot of players due to the fact of like they hit 35, they're not good enough, and they just wouldn't wait until getting to the 40. Yeah. You know? So, you know, only like the OG OG guys would, would stick around for the 40 and over, or, or, you know, guys would like take a couple of years off, play rec ball, and then they play in those tournaments. But now you have, uh, as far as Latino only, you have the the men's 35 and over, 45 and over, you have 50 and over. Um, you have high school boys, high school girls. You know, uh, we have a women's uh, division as well. A lot of those those subdivisions are a lot smaller, maybe four to six teams. But I think it just it just brings more of a a family atmosphere uh, to the tournaments because I know you, you, you talked about it before. You know, uh, you've been going to the Cinco de Mayo tournament for. For numerous years and it's and it's a it's a family event you know it's like that's the time during the year that that you run into guys that you haven't seen in a while maybe you competed with them in high school or they're in the other side of the the town or the state um and it's just one of those things and and we've become um that's what we've become we've become a latino community you know um and you know even when i go to tommy nunez um he knows about our guys because he follows like the websites that we used to have he he knows what's going on he'll listen to the podcasts yeah. and he, he won't say anything he won't say anything he gave our senior scholarship yeah he used to do the scholarships so the thing is it's it's the the the, the world's become smaller because of this yeah. um you know technology and everything like that but it's always been a community you know and 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 like i'll see tommy and i haven't seen him in you know five years or whatever and it's always like, oh, mijo, how you doing? Like, da 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 da. And 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 you know, you'll run into guys at a gym, and you know, you'll be walking through the gym, and you just hear like, hey, see, you know, and you're like, oh, sh-. and I haven't seen. And you go up there, so it's like, <clears throat> you know, uh, my wife will come to the gym with me, and she'll be like, next time I'm just gonna stay there because you just know everybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because it, you just walk in, and everyone, you know. And it's, and it's not that you know anybody, but you've just been around for so long, you know, for us, you know, Al and myself, we, we played in all these tournaments, so, you know, and all these men's tournaments, and you see them every year, or they're in your bracket, and, you know, you're like, oh, or you, you know, see them at the hotel, yeah. in the lobby, having a couple beverages, and you just have conversations, so. But, but I, I want to I wanna add and, and kind of stress, it's absolutely a community. It, you know, I, I still like to, to go to these tournaments. I don't play anymore. But just to see old friends, yeah. but uh, I express, it, it's extremely competitive. Oh yeah! I mean, there's ballers. That, you know, I remember. I remember the last uh, uh, Open Championship we won together. I was like 36, maybe. I think Bobby was 20, 29, and and we took a tournament. I forgot which one, but I, I remember I was playing like two, three minutes a half. And I remember the championship game. I'm fired up. Yeah, we won the championship. And I and I kind of was replaying at the end of the game how much I played. And I was like, damn, I hardly played at all this weekend. And I was thinking to myself, well, damn, I probably played the amount I should have played because it's. Oh, I mean, I was. Over, I'm over the hill, bro. But like, you know, it's. It was just. It just. I just didn't have it anymore at that. At that because they're competitive, man. Also, you can't just. No, the that, level of competition that are at these tournaments. I mean, it's, it's a lot more competitive than maybe people absolutely. don't realize. You, yeah. you can't show up. You can't show up to Vegas because with the, with your with your Tuesday night rec league championship team and, and think you're going to do something. 
like, like if you if you you need to be like a baller. You need to be like working on your game, working on your body. Your team needs to have practices. You need to run stuff. Like if 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 you think you you know you got a guy who scores you know 25 every Tuesday night, you guys are gonna do good in Vegas or 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 in the LA Memorial or or in the Shoot the Rock tournament or in or in uh, uh, in the Tommy. Forget about it. You're gonna go go party. Go party. I remember uh, this. They were young at the time, but it was uh, Intocables. Um, they're they, they're like good in. The, I don't know if you played them in, in Vegas. We played them in Vegas in the first. Yeah, game. yeah. So they're they're solid, right? Um, but but ten years ago they were they were playing in the in the open at 25 years old. You know, a lot of them are 35 now. But when they first started coming into my tournaments, you know, uh, Bosco walked in and was like, "Man, he went to Rosarito and he was like, man, we about to run this thing.'" And I'm like, "Bro, you about to go you about to go 03." And I go, you're you're only going 03 because you only have three games. I go, you go 05 if I give you five games. And he's like, he was mad because I know I, I've been around long enough, and I know that they didn't have it. It was a lot of the local, you know, homies or whatever. And sure enough, after the weekend, I was like, hey, bro, how'd you guys do? He goes, bro, they're good, you know. And and eventually, like, you know, they picked up pieces. They they got together. They ended up being really. Good. They got better. They 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 were they were like one of the top uh, teams, uh, you know, uh, for a little for a little amount of time, and then they're really good in the 35 and over. But you know, guys walk in the gym and think like, oh, I I be killing at the Montebello Rec League and this and that or wherever, and you come over here and all oh, these guys have been together for for years, you know. So the chemistry, yeah, those are, that team chemistry, and and uh, you know, and they're good. It's, and they're, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, we have. I know a bunch of guys that, I, that are from the neighborhood, and they, you know, they're pretty good at the park or whatever. And, I, and then I'll see them show up with a team, and I'm thinking, oh, man, what, what are y'all doing? And like, I'm in trouble. We're, we're about to go to work. And I'm like, all right, well, good luck, dude. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nice guy, so I'm not going to bad. I'm like, hey, good luck, bro. Let me know if you need something. Uh, and end up going like 03 or something. And they're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, but, but these, these teams that – Especially the, the ones at the top, you know, uh, top levels in California, Arizona, Vegas, and Texas, right? And those guys travel around yeah. and they work out together. And it's across the, the country too. Uh, now that I, I, you know, with the social media stuff, like there's stuff in Wichita, uh, you know, and all over Kansas, and I don't know where. Like, I'll get inboxes uh, of different different parts of the country where they're like, we run Latino tournaments too or it's like Latino native or whatever, but you know, uh, like there's certain teams that'll travel out to go to those, you know, but, but as far as like, like Latino basketball, I think, I mean, I, I'm from out here. So, and I've seen a lot of Latino basketball and I, I've been to Texas as well. And it's like the top teams can compete across the board, you know? And it's just, and, and it's just kind of like at a certain level, there's a drop off, you know, like the top, you know, like like United and, and the Gamblers, like for for your guys' area, you know, Puro uh, Money and those guys and uh, Richard's team, Ken Sigue, like those guys can compete in Vegas and stuff like that. But then you get some of the other teams and you're like, oh, well, you know, we just want to go, we want to compete. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, have fun, you know, but like the true, true teams, um, you know, the, the, the cream rises to the top. And I think just the way it's structured in California, I think, California ends up having, you know, their 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 rosters are a little bit deeper as far as like the amount of teams because there's more teams. You yeah. know, I think in, in Arizona there's like 15 
teams that'll travel to tournaments and depending on what tournament in California, you can have up to 25, 30 teams yeah. that go from Cali, you know, and again, and, and the, the levels range. And I'm sure in Texas as well, you know, um, you guys are a bigger state, but you know, there's those certain guys that are like the mainstays. And then you always have those other, those other teams that are just trying to come up. So it's good. I, I think, um, the more we connect with you, uh, the more we connect with, uh, the guys in the Shoot the Rock, and we had that Zoom call with, uh, you know, with the COVID and everything like that. Uh, some of the West Coast um, Latino tournament directors uh, got together and they were kind of talking about like, what are the next steps? And, you know, I think that's good. I think if there's anything that's gonna come out of this COVID is his connections, you know, like, uh, you know, I would have never, had this happened, I would have never connected with anyone from Texas like you to your, to your, to your coaching connection. Um, and we never would have had these other connections. So I think out of anything, you know, like if you kind of look at the silver lining, you know, hopefully this this brings other things, not just this, you know, yeah. maybe we can we can bring some stuff to, to Texas or some of the Texas guys can come to California and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the other things that we talked about with Jason Ludwig um, was the Latino Basketball Coaches uh, Association or Association of uh, Basketball Coaches. Um, the LABC, that's that's another thing like that seems like it's going to be good. And you've already been a part of that. So I just think um, there's so much room for growth. And I think, you know, uh, this is a good opportunity for us to kind of like reconnect and 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 share what we know uh, to the Latino basketball community. Well, I appreciate you guys taking some time out to hang out uh, and talk some hoop, talk some life and uh and, and sharing your your, uh, your passion for the game all the way out from California. I really do appreciate it. Man, thank you. I appreciate you. it too, man, it's fun. I appreciate it though, guys, I really do. Man, thank you, thank all you. All right, Marcus. You have a good night. Hey, hey, coach, don't forget to send me that, uh, in the email that you got, yeah, send me that Warrior stuff. I will. Hey, this okay. guy. What's up, Z? What up? You guys talking smack? You guys, this is a this is a smack talk before we go live. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that fire, that guy's always late. I'm gonna have to edit everything that this guy says before. You doing, Z? Man, right here, bro. What's up with you? Hey, uh, hold on, I'll be right back. Hold on. Yeah, 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 I was over here like, okay, they're, they're getting everything ready. I'm like, God, get down. <laughs> Cause you got your Spurs shirt on. I had to get my Lakers ring yeah, on. Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it. Hopefully uh, the guys uh, stood around for the end part. <laughs> like, ah, I don't know about these guys, man. Click. <laughs> yeah. I can edit it, bro. I got you. <laughs> edit, edit it out. Put the put the back part in the front, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Marcus. Yeah. Ask Al how many how many three pointers he made in high school. How many? None. Why? No three-point line. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I, was <laughs> I always get for that one, man. I was <laughs> back in the day. My, yeah, my, yeah, fresh, yeah. my freshman year, my freshman year, my uh, my head coach would yell at me in college. He would yell at me all the time because we'd sprint down on the break and I'd hit the brakes at the three-point line. He'd be like, we get, you got to lay up. I'm like, coach, I need this three-point line, man. I haven't had a three-point line my whole career. I'm a shooter. I was a shooter. I was a shooter and I didn't have a three-point line. Yeah. That's great. We can add this part to the end. And I got the blooper part. <laughs> <laughs> my non my non three point shooting high school career. Yeah, yeah. You're over. He's over. <laughs> you had more threes in high school than I did. 
See? I was a stretch four before that that was a thing, bro. Yeah, stretch four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretch four. They're like, get back inside, big man. I'm like, I'm 6'6", six, six, bro. I'm not really that big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we out.